0: welcome to the ctg nation podcast episode number seven we are live from charleston south carolina so there's going to be a little bit of background noise as i interview my brother hammond from the marine corps we're going to go over a couple interesting things we're going to start getting some interesting material now uh, first off make sure to like share and review subscribe to all of our content everything ctg follow it share it it's organic marketing as i call it uh, we're most active on the Instagram. We also have a website on Shopify. If you Google Carolina Tactics Group, you're going to find us. Um, keep on sending us any um, recommendations for topics, people you would like to interview. If you want to you know, connect us with some people that's in the uh, you know, the veteran first responder or bro vet world, as we call it, um, feel free to reach out. So with all that being said, Hammond what's up brother How's it going man it's great to be here i've been really uh, I've been really excited
1: to see uh that you guys kicking this off I do like the direction it's going it's great to be able to contribute man
0: yeah so um in in kind of my planning phase in my planning phase of CTG Hammond was actually the first one to kind of reach out and recommend um podcasting because at the time this was I don't know, three, four years ago when the, when, you know, little hamster wheels started getting rolling with some of these ideas and, um, you know, I wasn't really sure if that was something that a normal fucking dude like me could even do or, um, or anything like that. So he was kind of the first one that planted that podcast seed. In my head, you no, know, you just have um, that
1: kind of—you've uh, got that sultry voice.
0: Yeah, so I, I wish he had watered that seat a little sooner because we could have, uh, yeah, we could have kicked this off. We could have been doing this. Could have sent it. Right? Yeah, we could have been doing this. So, um, like my sit downs with everybody else. Um, so this is going to be for y'all that have listened to episode five with John. It's going to be um, a little bit similar to that. First half is going to be, you know, more structured interview style. And then we're going to start um, getting into some specific topics that, um, that me and Hammond have wanted to kind of talk out loud. And mostly that's going to revolve around um, post Marine Corps life, civilian transitions, stuff along those lines. So, well, that being said, um, bro, just start from the top. Anything you want to hit on? from birth, where you were raised, kind of all the way up to high school, um, and I'll try to interject as little as possible.
1: Oh, word. All right. Um. Yeah, I'll just give you, like, I'll try and give you, like, the, like uh, the sort of the briefest uh, rundown. So, yeah, I was born in, uh, I was born in Columbia, South Carolina, but just, like, from an early age. like and
0: you uh, can... You don't have to get into specifics if you want. You can get as specific as you do or don't want to. Because we got some people that can't say certain locations or names because of oh yeah their current jobs whatever. So just whatever. Oh yeah. Well, is. I mean, I'm just I'm a I'm just a
1: I'm just a, a, another grunt trying to figure out academia. So you know, like I'm not <laughs> yeah. doing anything classified. Or at least that's what I, I tell you guys.
0: <clears throat> right, right,
1: right. Um, you know, the, the the CIA doesn't return my DMs or my <laughs> <laughs> they don't like my nudes so. Um, I guess I, but you know, I'm just trying to get in better shape until they finally, uh, can, so, they I can, I, so I can, so I can thirst trap some kind of uh special agent. But no, um, yeah, so uh, I was born in Columbia. Uh, then I, like, I moved to the Keys really early on, grew up there for a while, moved back to Columbia, bounced around to Asheville, back to Columbia again. And then, uh, did, you know, just kind of spent my entire high school career, you know, uh, being one of the, just like, a. uh, uh I, there's so many memes about it now. Just being one of those kids who's like a like a like academically gifted but can't apply themselves at all. So right. I can make a I can make good grades on tests, but just wouldn't do homework and shit. So right. I ended up uh, I ended up finishing high school with like a you know like a two point five GPA. So which college, is
0: fi- which is fine, which is fine. So all that bouncing around. Why why were you bouncing around that much? Because I know, I mean, your dad wasn't active duty or anything. What was the reason
1: No, uh, just like, I mean, like my parents were hippies. They had Wanderlust. Uh, My mom, my mom, that's what I was was digging for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is weird. Like going from, going from the hippie family to the the Marine Corps, it's, it's, it's like a diametric, because nobody's into, nobody's into what you're doing. And uh, it's, it's so difficult to try and get them to understand uh, any of your motivations. It's like when you're, when you're, when you're a fundamentally different person uh, from their, from your parents. Because it's like, a, you know, we get all of our indoctrination. Like, it's it's that's where it begins. Is just at home, and uh, when. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: where did yours come from? That's always been. See, I think the I thing mean, is through the podcast so far, it's been like, where did you get your, you know, your your desire to serve? Um, and I mean, yours being little little hippies. Shit, it was little actually little gypsy hippies. Well, uh, floating yeah. around.
1: I mean, they had like they had like jobs, and they weren't living in yeah. Like, I mean, that's we weren't we were oh, that's like good. you know living that's in good. like the the back of a like a horse drawn carriage right. thing, reading palms. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're like, I mean, they like carpenters. I still see those places. carpenters and bartenders and shit. Yeah, there's <laughs> actually dude, there's a lot of gypsies in South Carolina. There's a big community I didn't realize. Yes. Uh, yes. And like the, around Buford, actually, our our, uh, our home
0: our home yeah, turf. I saw some in Aiken the other day, which I didn't even know those existed. Oh yeah. But I got. Oh, yeah. the, I got
1: but uh, no, man, um, it came from actually, like, it was like uh, I, I just got, uh, like any other nerdy kid who doesn't want to do uh, do school, I got into reading books. And so actually one of the ones that uh, probably led to this big personal transformation was uh, I read the book War by Sebastian Younger. And if you guys are at all familiar with the documentary Restrepo by Sebastian Younger and Tim Hetherington, it's, uh, it's these two journalists, and they spent, uh, like, a, a year in this uh, Firebase uh, in like the most remote part of Afghanistan called the Korangal Valley, which is where like 70 percent of all the ordnance in the entire war in Afghanistan was was dropped in this valley because it's uh, it, it, it's almost like an artery for the, the like uh, the, the Taliban and the Mujahideen uh, to get weapons from uh, Pakistan. So we put started putting bases there and it's really rugged, difficult terrain. And uh, it, it's really dangerous because there's all these, like, uh, like elevated points that you can just, like, put up a, a Dishka or a PKM or an RPG or more anything you can think of and really make it, like, a, really difficult for our guys. Um,
0: so when were they embedded with them? About what year was that?
1: 2010 and then, with the 173rd Airborne who in, took over from Tenth Mountain.
0: Okay. And then you got read and inspired by that book.
1: Probably, uh, probably 2011 is like, or maybe maybe a little later okay, than it's that. Pretty,
0: it's pretty close. The, the
1: book came out in, in, I think 2010. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. But I, I, I read it. Uh, I read it in high school, and then I realized, like, he because he talks a lot about like kind of the more, like. Because uh, I watched the
0: documentary, I didn't read anything about Restrepo. You, you I watched are, it. You are missing out.
1: The book yeah. is it's very it's it's very profound about back. like the kind of. The kind of mindset it takes to do uh, to to do these kind of jobs and kind of people who do it, but I, but throughout the process of reading this book, uh, he talks a lot about the, you know, it sounds so cliche, but like, like like the, the warrior mindset and like kind of the anthropological explanation, like the studies, like the like the human, the study of the human elements that goes into like why young men have the instincts to travel across the world to fight a stranger and it goes all into these like very these deep primal things uh, uh, about yourself and I realized that you know kind of like a I, I mean anybody who's listening to this probably has as well we live in a society that there's no uh, there's no test of manhood and there's no test of adulthood and to be a participant in our society you actually have to do very little all you have to do is exist and make it to make it to right. 18 and you're just like you know it's, it's one of the nice things yeah. about america it's, is
0: it's not hard
1: yeah you don't have to i mean it, it it's kind of nice but it has its back like it, its downfalls that you don't have to earn right.
0: uh
1: your place as a citizen in our yeah. society and well, that
0: definitely goes into you know nowadays that's creating soft men that create hard times that will create harder men later and that's that's been repeated so much.
1: I understand. that I think that that is. I think that. I think that. Uh, I think that that's a, a kind of an oversimplification. Yeah, it is. Is, is that because uh, there's always there's always going to be hard men, and there's always going to be for somebody good times, and right. there's always going to be and hard times for a, somebody else.
0: And it's always going to be a fluctuation because some. If you want to challenge and you want to get hard, there's certain places that men. I mean, we say men, I mean, it could be women too, but we're, we're just kind of focusing on, I mean, fucking shit you
1: know, the shit, I can't. <laughs> you know, like people, people do, kind of focusing the,
0: on what we are <laughs> people,
1: people do shit on, people do shit on looks a lot, but you know, like at, at the end of the day, like, like we're kind of the only ones that can talk any kind of shit, but like, if you look at anybody else like that, like, you know, they've earned just as much, they've earned more than almost anybody else you're fucking looking at, uh, just by making, you know, by virtue of making those right. decisions.
0: All right, so when you got motivated by that book, you said it was about, what, 2011, 2012?
1: Right about 2012, yeah.
0: So where are you at in high school at that point?
1: I was a sophomore. It's was about, like, okay. 16.
0: Okay. Kind of go into what you were doing in high school, what your mindset was of post-high school plans. I know you weren't really into sports that much, surprisingly,
1: yeah no uh well the, to dude going back to the parents or hippie saying i had uh, i had been try- i have been petitioning my mom to let me play uh football for so long and i don't know if it was because she was worried or because we were poor but it was like a, she always said that it's we couldn't afford like uh the fees and the pads and stuff mm-hmm. but it, it's 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 because at the end of the day i think it's that it she was like a helicopter mom so i didn't get that uh you know i didn't get any of those experiences like playing like uh playing team sports and like that that uh Kind of like uh, co- competitive cooperation, right? So, and you know, and when you watch that you... happening, you really do feel like uh, you're 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 missing out. I don't care who the fuck you are. It's like if you you know if you didn't have that experience, like even if you're like like if people would say like oh I never did that and I'm entirely content in my existence, it's like maybe, but I mean, like if it is, it's only because you're you're so ignorant of that experience that you can't even begin to place a value on it. And if you even begin to understand it, you realize that you lack something.
0: So. Looking back on it now, how do you think not being in sports helped you or hurt you in the Marine Corps and then going into your transition from the Marine Corps to college? We're kind of skipping forward a little bit, but I just want to see, like, looking back at it now, hey, from mom not letting me play ball from, (laughs) I mean, basically middle school and high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's where...
1: I did run track. I did run track, so... I, did, I wasn't completely unphysical, but I was. It's okay. you know, it's not contact athleticism. Yeah, I mean, it's not I, team based. It's the big thing. It's
0: not team based. Right, right. Because paired with a certain <laughs> cerebral level, um, I'm I'm pretty biased when it comes to like, if you are a decent, pretty intelligent, like football, rugby, whatever, that's going to help you be a better marine. I mean, it's not a hundred percent, obviously, but anybody that. Comes from those and is dedicated yeah. to putting on, you know, the eagle globe and anchor. Those are usually fucking hitters. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. So, it doesn't. It doesn't
1: make you. It doesn't make you good. But it's. I mean, like, fuck. If you were it's a already. Good indicator. It's a. It. I mean, at 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 a minimum, it's a fucking a great. It's just a great advantage. Right. Um. Shit. Like, and, and that's one of those things. Like, you always try. You l- try and learn from your parents, and like, you know, like you you realize nobody's perfect. They make mistakes. That's one of those things it's like, man, like my kids are definitely gonna play, like they're gonna have to play team sports, like they're gonna have to like make, yeah, I don't know we're like we'll see how like all the contact shit and all the c t e studies like go, but yes. like something yeah
0: for, something all team the concussions. based I yeah. know i I know I probably had a couple before I even enlisted,,
1: but you can tell it when you talk, yeah, that's true, yeah it's, I
0: don't know burp. they like the the slow and low though yeah, that's good
1: we like everybody likes a strong silent type, <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, so. Looking back, you're just like, eh, like, fuck it. It didn't really change, you know, being in sports, not being in sports.
1: I, it it would have helped me, but I can but, – like, but not But you were still
0: fine, like
1: – Yeah, I did well enough. Like, I mean, you know, like, uh, it's – I mean, like, if – As far as, like, making that tr- transition, there's no – There's, like, other than, like, going, like, SF, like, Marine Corps Infantry is about the most sink or swim experience as far as, like, learning how to function with other people – That uh, that you can get because uh, you know, especially like being around like. Well, I'm a I'm a very mouthy person, as you know, and being Mm -hmm. around big guys, Mm -hmm. and uh, if you're not a team player, you get rocked more than a couple. That you learn your lessons, yeah, about uh, about being
0: selfish. Which you did very quickly.
1: Uh, if it was if Go it was your, if it
0: was your fault or not, it still happened very quickly. quickly. Well,
1: quickly is a relative term, is what I'd say. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no. Once you're once you're in the fleet, especially like dealing with like uh, dealing with your seniors in a fucking weapons platoon. Yeah, no, you that was can't. A
0: fun, that was probably a fun experience. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. It,
1: it's it's <coughs> awesome.
0: Uh, okay. So I feel bad because I always Should I talk about what I did at all. I always zoom past this part. Um, How old were you during 9-11?
1: So I was born on November seventeenth, nineteen 1995. So I was six, five
0: or six. Do you remember, so maybe kindergarten, maybe. I think
1: that's first grade. I remember being at school. I've got, like, i got a pretty clear memory of it. But we didn't have TV, so, like, I I, I found out about 9-11 on September the
0: 12th. Wow, okay. So... Nothing stuck out from that day. Nothing got stopped at school. Your parents didn't say anything that evening.
1: Um, uh, nothing that stuck out. But what did uh-huh. stick out is getting to school the next day, and then the teacher just sat everybody down. Uh-huh. It, like, uh huh. And like, I think it was actually like one of the assistant principals or something, and they're yeah. like, they're like, okay, so who knows what. Uh, happened yesterday, and some girl, like, like nobody really knew, because I went to a Montessori school, so, like, I, the type of parents that put their okay. kids in a Montessori uh, school
0: okay. are not the ones. I think all of, well, no, I, I was in public school, John might have been in public school, and then I know Colin, and Bobby were in private, but, like, they were private schools, but not, like, snooty private schools, you know?
1: Yeah, this is like a, this is like, I mean, not like a hippie, but a very progressive, like, new agey sort of thing. And I was only there from until, like, the third grade. Oh, okay. Then I went to okay. South Carolina Public Schools.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Uh, but yeah, no, so the kind of people who are there, who are, like, sending their kids there are also, I guess, the kind of ones that are really trying to protect their kids in the world. So, like, literally, like, one girl in my entire class knew. And she she had, like, she had, wow. like a like, a six-year-old's understanding of what happened. They're like, she's like, she's like, bad guys flew in plane. Oh no! She was like, she's like, there was there was some bad people, and they took some planes, and then some heroes, uh, grab they took the plane and they helped crash it into a field, to yeah, like uh line, yeah. to stop the bad guys, and that was the only one she knew. She didn't like nothing about like the 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 Pentagon or the Twin Towers wow. or the World Trade Center, mm. uh, anything like that. So like no, like that was shit that I just uh, pieced together like later on. But yeah, there was no there's no big family discussion. Although it's like you know you grow up in like I, I grew up in like the fucking like like we all did, the shadow of that shit happening. So it's like we were aware, you know, I was always aware of, like, what was going on on the news. Sorry, guys, uh, like we said, we're at, we're just, we're literally just on my, we're just on our, uh, my porch uh, down here in Charleston, just, like, a <laughs> yeah. chit chat. And so there's going to be a little bit of street noise. You know, there might be some drunk girls and gunshots and things like that. That's uh, character. But anyway, That's yeah. That's character. Yeah, no, just growing up in the shadow of that shit, like, uh, you know, my parents always had, like, the news on, on, like, the radio, uh, like mm. to like a uh, lot of lot of NPR oh, and shit. So uh, eh, NPR is not bad.
0: Well, NPR was different back then too. Yeah, it was. Even though it wasn't that long ago, it was, it was definitely different. Cause I remember teachers would have NPR on, and it was not as spun as I think it is now. But personal opinion. Um, all right, so you got nine eleven was almost a, a no factor. Get motivated. You get motivated for service after reading the book about Restrepo.
1: Yeah, well, my grandpa was a Marine too, and okay. like you know, yeah, yeah, he yeah. had always like he's got like he's got pro- one of the best stories about that shit because he got drafted into the army during Vietnam, and he calls himself mm. a draft dodger because he went uh, he uh, he got drafted in the army, gets a draft letter, fucking throws it out. His 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 father was like a like a like World War Two vet. Chief of the okay. boat, like like in okay. the navy, like like real like high up, like 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 like, like master chief, like okay. so like I E8, e eight e nine. Yeah, I'm, I'm not.
0: But like uh Net navy savvy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I barely am. Um, it's been a long time since that mute. But uh, yeah, no, and like so like my grandfather like gets rid of his draft letter, and my my grandfather or my great grandfather is in the navy, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you got drafted in the military, and he's like, I'm not joining the fucking army. He goes out the same day joins the marine corps mm. in like 1967 okay but uh, so I, what was
0: their influence on you
1: oh man well it's like you know you go to my grandfather's house and there's like there's like pictures of everybody in the family that ever served in their uniform or like okay. you know there's like fucking uh you know like uh like all kinds of, like motivational usmc mm-hmm. shit mm-hmm. honestly it looks like
0: it, it's like if it's like a little museum. That's super. Yeah, it,
1: it looks like if a boot decorated a house. It's like it's like it's yeah. something. Something about old people and boots. It's like they get it. They're into the same shit. Yeah. Like roughly. <laughs> it's, it's like I can never tell. It's like when you see somebody with a ton of motivational stickers on the back of their car, you're, you're going to see a 19 year old in a high end tight or some crusty old dude with like just yeah. a, just a stack of bodies That's underneath them and enough enough PTSD to fill up a VA parking lot. That's
0: true. That's true. But so um, true.
1: But, yeah, no. and So, yeah, it was all kinds of, like, it was, you know, Marine Corps stories, a bunch of family photos, uh, just, you know, like, a uh, whole lot of folded flags, you know, which is the side that, you know, is just never, never really discussed when you're a kid.
0: Yeah, but, you, like, you saw it, and it was... You're aware. It had a, some type of presence or influence on you. Oh, uh, well, you Cause get Because my, my grandpa never... Talked about his Vietnam time, but there was certain certain parts of the house that were you know a little bit more patriotic than other parts. Or you can tell Grandma didn't do the decorating, and uh, and you know you would you would kind of chime in when uh, you know say somebody didn't stand during the Pledge of Allegiance or the. Or, or the flyover at a Carolina game or something. So it was like, it was there, but they didn't push it on you. So what pushed you over to the edge to enlist? Because it obviously wasn't any of your family that really kind of pushed it on you.
1: Oh man, I had kind of, I'd always had the idea uh, in my head. Uh, but it's, you know, it's a big, like I said, it's a big sink or swim moment. Um, So like, um... With the final decision for me to do it was just like kind of a function of I hadn't done incredibly well in high school, Mm -hmm. you know. My I had enough options. I could go to community college and then do that for a couple years and transfer to USC and rack up tens of thousands of dollars in student debt. But I was out of college. I was out of high school for a month and a half and still living at home.
0: So this is what
1: 2014. Yes, 2014. I got one. uh, you're not doing anything with your life speech. From my mom. And uh, if I've ever had a sense that's strong, it's my sense of, it's my sense of spite. my mom always hated when I would talk about joining the Marine Corps. So Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, work. Um, I left the house that day. Uh, I went to like a, just a, like a shitty Chinese restaurant or that was in Columbia that shall not be named. Yep. And uh, like a shitty upscale Chinese restaurant that shall not be named maybe maybe in the Vista that no one should ever go to maybe it's maybe it's not there uh it's a long time I don't know like COVID's closed down a lot of places but maybe it's still in the Vista and no one should ever go there um anyway and uh I went uh I went there applied for a job got it my next stop was the recruiting station I went and gave them all my information I was like I, I was like I want to join the Marine Corps I want to be an infantryman uh Came back home, and I, you know... Uh, what,
0: what made that decision happen? Like, why your, why infantry?
1: Uh, but, man, that one seems super dumb. But,
0: I mean, uh, because I had had... There's the guy, always a super dumb, simplified reason for some of these decisions. Oh, it's the
1: same reason I became an assaultman man, too. Uh, it's, specifically, it's because I had uh, been, you know, always been interested in, like, guns and military shit. For the longest kind of time, but I started like reading Terminal Lance before I ever joined the Marine okay, Corps. Okay, yeah,
0: Terminal Lance. And he's has just like you know a he big like impact on people. It's yeah. like oh
1: this guy makes comics about how much it sucks to be in the infantry and be in a weapons platoon. And I was like that's not the only thing that I knew uh, about the Marine Corps other than like my grandpa's stories from like Vietnam where half the detail or like from like the I don't know Vietnam era and I, I don't. And like all the details are left out and everything. It's like an old guy's recollection. So you don't mm. you don't really know anything. Right. You know, other than you watch like ears open, eyeballs click after you've signed enough paperwork that yeah. you're kind of already on the downward slope. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, so yeah, I've been reading Terminal Lance. So I was like, fault being as an assaultman seems like a good job. This guy seems smart and funny and like I like to think of myself as those things. So you know, I, I went in for that. Took the ASVAB, um I got like a What's it? Like, the, the AFQT, like, the percentage you get. Um, I got, like, a 97 out of 99, and so they're like, oh, yeah, you can do anything you want. Why do you want to be a grunt Marine Corps? You <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to be an infantryman. And they're like, like, they're "Like, yeah, no, okay, you can, but there's a $5,000 signing bonus for doing intel. I'm like, no, nah, I'm fucking... It should also be noted that when I did this, this was in 2014, and ISIS was still a big fucking thing, which is the other thing that I guess was a big motivating factor. It's like, uh, like, that's when they were real... Shit was really kicking off, and it really looked like fucking the Iraqi military was just not gonna pull through with that one, and Syria was... I mean, Syria still fucked, Iraq still fucked, but, like, you know, it was so much worse back then. Uh, And I was like, oh, man, like, we're gonna go, like, make another big push. Like, it's like, you know, like... You know, we're going to get some, we're, we're going to go get some. Like, this is like, this GWAT is not over. Uh, and so, like, I was like, okay, fine. This is like my big, uh, my, my big, my big moment to prove myself as just like, a, as like a valuable human being to my society as just, as a man. To, to do everything, that, all the intangible shit that is important to a human being that society just doesn't give you in any meaningful way, or at least not as fast, not with a clear cut, you know, it like a, a clear cut path. You know, because yeah. it's like if you think about what the Marine Corps—I'm not—I am not a motivator. Like I, I know I'm going to sound like it, but the Marine Corps does give you a rigid social hierarchy that you can fit into. It gives you a sense of identity because you know that you're a Marine, and it gives you a position in that social hierarchy because you have a rank. That's very important to a human being, and for a young man with no fucking idea. Of what he wants to do Or who he wants to be
0: Yeah Getting that shit
1: Handed to you And all you have to do Is like Keep hiking Keep shooting Keep screaming Keep running It's simple Yeah Everything's simple man Everything's fucking Like complicated And I gotta use my brain out here Back in there Like fuck I didn't have to fucking think Yeah I didn't have to do anything I was just I was like oh shit I just gotta go I just gotta go I have to be I just have to be tired And in pain Dude that shit's I mean like Compared to Compared to really like Actual like Deep critical thinking And like writing papers Like that's I don't know if it's actually easier, but it maybe maybe it just seems easier to me because I'm more used to doing one of those things than the other. I'm more used to just like that
0: hiking and being in pain and just yeah. like being absolutely miserable. But yeah, like it definitely it definitely simplifies it, and then a lot of for as simple as the sacrifices, there's a lot of man. I mean, fill in the blank that comes in on the back end. There's a lot of. A pr- there's a lot of pride there can be a lot of like established s- self-worth you know the challenge
1: believe it uh, or not I mean, one hell in, of a fill in the blank one hell of a good old boy network like yes so i mean this is the carolina Tactic through podcast like you know we speaking of the like carolina's good old boy like networks it's like you have like in a
0: lot of ways you have it's, the, it's the like it's like what you get people. with the citadel exactly you have the citadel people you have uh, the south carolina DNR people you have you know whatever local law enforcement group national guard pick it like pick your thing yeah i mean there is in the national guard um but but none of those none of those very political and like hey i knew your uncle i knew your dad or we went to school together we went in the marine corps is very much like that i mean
1: yeah, well, and it's 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 wherever you go, man. Like, um, cause it's like you can always you can just always tell who they are. I mean, it helps when they have a giant EGA yeah, or if on it's their shoulder, on you, yeah. or their fucking O three fifty one shit yeah, tattooed on Jesus their forearm. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, if, you know, if you were if you were in the infantry, you'd have one too. Yeah, maybe.
0: I know. I hear you. But um, uh, so we're gonna have. I actually plan on having kind of a. uh. A boot camp episode, if you will, <laughs> just because it's funny. Is, are not all these and episodes be, boot camp episodes? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> we have I didn't talk about any of my experiences in boot camp and mine. I didn't talk about any of them with Kyle. Um, so you can. I just talk. I talked I talk on, about my boot
1: camp experience with NCIS and NCIS alone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you can <laughs> talk about. I mean anything. Anything you want to with. Um, with what happened uh you know in boot camp your initial training what happened when you went to to north carolina um i mean anything that ties into what you want to hit on because i mean i mean boot camp's boot camp everybody does it I mean, there's a couple funny stories here and there most of it is
1: uh none of those funny stories translate to people very who yeah there. they're very
0: contextual yeah you gotta like it's like, oh There's a guy dad, who fixed
1: his dad fixed Coke machines and yeah, for five like, minutes that was the funniest thing in understands the world. The yeah, you can never yeah. explain that. Right. It's nah, just it's, a, it's just an
0: experience. It's a thousand of your you own.
1: have to be That's why everybody hates those stories. It's cause yeah. it's like it's like, yeah, but I wasn't there with you, man. It's
0: like, yeah, man, I'm sure it was funny for you and then, but like it doesn't translate to, you know, a fucking stand up bit or a joke on a podcast. It just does. it just yeah,
1: well, it's also because
0: it's, I don't know, everybody's... And I mean, anything, anybody that's being real about it, just like, even from a basic boot camp all the way up to some of the stuff we hear about SEAL training, it's like, yo, everybody does it. Everybody goes to PI or San Diego, you know, every SEAL, they all of them go to Bud's. It's not fucking special, it's the fucking, it's the fucking standard, we all fucking do it. I mean, it's I love leading. the idea
1: that SEALs have just, like, boots... I mean that's just so funny to me. Like, even weird. even at that like, there's just people that like there's probably like shit bags of people you get just get shit on, but they are still seals.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs>
1: they be the hottest shit in any other in yeah. any other place and they're just garbage there. So
0: what do you want to hit on from basically the day you stepped on the footprints to um I guess kind of from there to all the way up to where you knew you weren't going to re enlist. Let's not talk about necessarily the plans following that decision, but just to that decision. So footprints to I'm not enlisting. Whatever I'm you want to hit oh, re-enlisting. on re enlisting. Whatever you want to hit on. Oh
1: man, I mean like what a what a it's a Herculean task. And that can
0: too. kinda and that can kind of tie into to some of the questions we talked about beforehand, um, which will get a little Little deeper than some of the bullshit we've been hitting on so far. Yeah,
1: well, it's kind of our, I mean, that's like that's. I mean, that's that's two deployments and a whole fucking like lot of crazy experiences in between to try and hit on Again, that.
0: Again, a lot of contextual experiences, but <sighs> dude,
1: yeah. Now, um, I don't know. I can tell you the exact moment where I it was absolutely concrete. So those
0: all right, just a so normal, normal infantry types training. Uh, did you get to pick o351 did they yeah, I did narrow you into something and, and at the time I mean they've gotten rid of that sense right oh yeah we are we are, we
1: are we are no I mean they, they're still in the fleet but they're not training them anymore <coughs> right and now they're I kind of
0: explain to everybody what that is that don't get understand like our numbers and what your what your role was
1: yeah word so like uh, if you're an o3 that's like your're just general infantry field and that's everywhere from like like you know riflemen, mortarmen machine gunners infantry assaultmen like myself. Uh, squad leaders, recon guys, LAV crewmen, uh, tow gunners, uh, li- like uh, lieutenants, platoon sergeants, like.
0: So for the Marine Corps, that's your first two numbers and zero three indicator. Yeah, and that's the your uh, following two is. Yeah, that's your, uh, your
1: specific. Yeah, your specific job within the infantry. Yep. And so I was an O three fifty one, uh, which is an infantry assaultman. What we do. Is uh, we're like urban breaching and uh, demolitions and rocket gunning. So Mm -hmm. we're like the weird bastard child of like uh, like the infantry and like engineers. Um. So like as far as breaching goes, it's like all kinds of like anything you can use to get into a building. Like we get other than like crazy power saw shit that like fucking only like recon and marsock use. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like yeah, no, like anything like like ramets, hooligan tools, sledgehammers, hatchets. Axes, like shit, like that, uh, for like mechanical breaching. Are uh, we like uh, use like uh, shotguns to like 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 twelve like twelve gauge mothberg, 590s, 500s, to blow the hinges off doors and blow doorknobs in and stuff like that. And Then we use uh, demolitions to do anything with demolitions that one can do with demolitions. Although we generally don't learn how to blow in place. Like if there's like an IED, they're not going to let us fuck with it, right. even though. We could, you know, they just don't like us doing it. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so you learn a lot of explosives and, like, like, breaching stuff. And then, like, most of what you do is small gunning, like the Mark 153 small. Uh, so that's, like, an 83-millimeter shoulder-mounted, like, medium anti-tank rocket launcher, but it's got rounds that are meant to blow up bunkers, and ones that have got this uh, round called an uh, any rocket, like a novel explosive, uh, which is, it's, like, a thermobaric thing. So it goes into a target, explodes. It's basically like a like a like a shoulder launch fuel air bomb, so it creates this gigantic explosion, wave of overpressure, burns up all its fuel, mm. and then it sucks in so fast that it brings the entire building down with it. Like it's like it just just it annihilates the structural integrity and it, it you know, it's it makes it almost impossible to survive in that building where it's like, you know, even with a regular explosive Where there can be like shrapnel and overpressure, it's like there's like a possibility that you're gonna live through that. But like when things like like an any rocket hits a building, it's it's there's like so many different ways it can kill you, and then the building comes down on top of you, you just don't live. (laughs) They had to stop using them because it's like a like it's because it was such like a quick solution to like anything. Because somebody for getting shot at from a building, the you know Occam's razor, the like uh, the closest uh, the distance between two points is a straight line. So the closest distance between getting shot at from a building and not getting shot at from a building, isn't necessarily to shoot the guy inside. It's to th- destroy the entire building, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, and little, to make sure aggressive. that one of the many ways that that rocket kills you, is uh, put into effect. So he's just not going to be there. Yeah. But they kept they killed, too many people and they blew up too many buildings. And yeah. then it was just it cost the government so much money to fucking, fix it that it was easier just to end,
0: yeah.
1: it was easier to fix to, to to fix walls, than to use it. Right. Yeah. No, okay. so we learn how to shoot those. Although you don't actually get to shoot them in practice that often because it's not a good weapon system. Right. But yeah, that's a brief run. That's a that's a, okay. a you know pretty decent rundown of what we do. Yeah. Other than that, we just patrol with the fucking 11s, like because that's unlike uh, unlike machine gunners and mortarmen. Like you don't. Uh, so
0: the like 311s are regular. Regular infantry, infantry. riflemen,
1: yeah. Uh, so we don't employ on our own ever because mm-hmm. ta- we have to be because we're the assault element. Yeah. Like So you have to always be with the guys who are assaulting the objective unless you're. Using your rocket launcher to lock down a road, or something yeah. like that. Uh, but you're you're really rarely with the security element because it's such a good assault weapon. Right. And then you have all the demolitions and breaching shit with you. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, as far as uh as far as like like actually like the day to day being in the infantry, it's it's an extremely fun but m- like miserable job because everything in the Marine Corps is uh. It's structured towards the lowest common denominator, like that, 32 on the ass fab like barely getting in kind of person, because it just has to be, like, in order for a well, giant logistical machine like that to function, it, it just has to be structured yeah. like that. So if you're not, if you're not that person, like, just like it's it sounds egotistical to say, but the smarter you are, the more it chafes on you.
0: That's correct. And it just. And I remember having to tell you that, in boot camp. So we were, that's a that's a whole other story. But me, me and Hammond were bunk mates. At boot camp on PI. And I remember having to tell you... Because I was there. My end goal was OCS. My end goal was not make an enlisted career like a, most of our platoon. And I remember telling you. I was like, hey, bro. You're overthinking it. It's not that cerebral. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, because I get mad. I get mad all yes. the time. I was I always pissed off. Like, <laughs> when was, bro, was I
0: ever not pissed off? I was like, bro, fucking dumb it down. I mean, I had my ways of dealing with some of the stuff there that we would get upset about sometimes, but I remember having to tell you tons. I was like, hey, bro, stop using your brain. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, no, it was just that simple. Oh, yeah. And and that can drive a a, a naturally intelligent person crazy, and I think that's kind of one thing that weighs down on the Marine Corps so they're not really known as being uh, too, too smart. But...
1: It's a well and it, it does get a little bit different once you're in a uh, once you're in like an assault section
0: specifically. Right, you got like a team and a mission and but
1: Well, uh, it, it's also that you like uh they only like you know you get a you get a mix of everybody being in the infantry because yep. you have to be uniquely motivated to do a, a specific kind of work yeah. to be in the infantry. I and mean that
0: that lowest common denominator kind of being said, it also has the biggest mix of intelligence and personalities out of Career fields, I would say DOD wide, infantry within the Marine Corps and the Army, like
1: <sighs> yeah. Well, and and like like there was a ton of people. I wasn't you know I was not the smartest person in my in my assault section. Um, it, because like you know like it's, <laughs> so at a
0: ninety-seven out of ninety-nine on the ASFAB you're not even the smartest fucker there. But no
1: man, the uh, the <laughs> my my my, uh, my my squad leader and eventually my section leader had a uh, he had a he had a Bachelor's degree in uh, neurological psychology coming in Jesus Christ. and made a ninety nine on the ASVAB. So and then like you know and there's plenty of people like that. I think that most of us were in like the top twenty percent of anybody like uh, that has taken the ASVAB. I mean, and that seems like a kind of big range. But then when you realize that almost everybody in the United States has to take the ASVAB in high school, it's given a little bit more meaning. So there's kind of an island of like uh, you know, you know, intelligent folks that you can kind of be in when you're in an assault section. And that's not to shit on anybody else cuz there's smart people in every MOS. Yeah. Mm. Um but just it, it's you know there's just places where they they tend to pool and assault sections are one right. of those. But you know in general it's you know you can have the same kind of uh, cognitive ability as a uh, peep uh, as anybody else or even like a like a higher but it's like you know just like experience and seniority like means so much. So you end up with getting a lot of fundamentally stupid people that are just in charge of you and it, it just it always shapes... And uh, other than that, like um, you know, I, I guess this can go to like our I think like, our, our state of the Marine Corps thing, if you like. Uh, yeah.
0: So the state of your state of the Marine Corps did. Um, so with your two two deployments, that's you know what we joined to do. We joined to go places and kill people for Uncle Sam, right? So not that I did not, any of that.
1: I mean, I did go places. They didn't kill right, people. Right.
0: So. Intentionally. What did you What did you learn once you started doing real marine shit going into those two deployments? And you can kind of you can go into that as much as you want or not. I mean, shit. Uh, damn it's like I'm
1: I'm at exactly my my two years out uh, today. And so you really like when you have to th- when you think back on that stuff, you realize like how much uh, like uh, it that you can you know, just like you just lose uh, from time. But I don't know, man. Like, uh, it's like, especially like being in like kind of the sketchier spots. Like we were in like, 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 uh, just in the Middle East on my first one. It sounds like Iraq or Afghanistan, but I'll tell you right now, we we weren't. Uh, but like Israel, we got, you know, we got shot at not in Israel, elsewhere, um, and stuff. And you start to really compartmentalize like what's, what's important and like who you like and who's worth it. Uh, you know, and that's when you really, like, you really begin to assess your leadership. And then, uh, dude, I swear to God, like, like dealing with shitty leadership is one thing in peacetime, but you become acutely aware of shitty leadership when you're imminently going into harm's way. Which, yeah,
0: when there's even the slightest stressor put on y'all.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like, so like after we got to, we got some missile shot at us from Yemen one time, and we ended up getting spun up to go take out a missile site. In Yemen, which we didn't end up doing. We sat there, you know, spun up, mag loaded, like grenades and pouches. Like I had fucking like eight hundred rounds of five five six. I had a law, or not a law, an AT4, a ton of like debt cord, blasting caps, fucking like I, I when they weighed me. You know like, you know me, I'm not I'm not a big guy. I wasn't a big guy then. I was a I was a buck seventy-five, and uh with all that shit on me, I was two ninety. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was, it's, like, absolutely wild. I mean, that, you know, but we're, like, you know, like, loaded up with all this shit. Just sitting there, like, in, like, the, uh, like, one of the, like, little compartments that leads to the, like, the, like, the flight deck. There's a bunch of, like, 53 spun up. I think they already had Cobras in the air. And they're, like, you know, like, Recon is in the boats getting ready to go, too. Like, it's, like, you know, everything's about to happen. And then you're, like, you become keenly aware. It's, like, oh, man, like, every bad decision that has gotten somebody hurt in training that's just I mean not like that you know accidents happen. Accidents are a thing. But the ones due to negligence, especially like negligence of your leadership, it's like they're not gonna stop making those decisions. Uh right. in or like those kinds of decisions when it comes down to it. And then it's like that's when you like that's the kind of risk well, that it's made under me
0: under a fucking it's magnified at that point. Yeah, especially when you know
1: they've never you know, you look at their stack and you know, it's like it's like, oh you've never done this before
0: either motherfucker. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, yeah, that's always a fun thing when you're yeah. Well especially especially
1: it. if I was from the generation that like my seniors hadn't even done it either, like their seniors had. But it was like it's yeah. like it's like, you know, they thought they were hot chicks and they did a mute. And it's like it's like nah right. man, this is like this is like two thousand right. this is like two thousand one, two thousand three, this is boots leading boots, man. Yeah, I
0: remember uh having some drill instructors on the island where and most people there don't know what they're looking at with like awards and ribbons and stuff like that, but uh, you know, we had a little bit of knowledge about it and I mean and I remember having drill instructors that did not have campaign ribbons. Oh yeah. And I was like, "You're." And, and We had a couple three-stack like drill instructors. Yeah, there there was some that saw some shit for sure. I mean, they're they're. Oh no there, fuck. there always will be.
1: Well, that one um, one of the drill instructors that we had ended up being the uh, the platoon sergeant to the platoon I was attached to. And that man was a, a salty person, but that was yeah. you know that was that was my second deployment, which anyway so like on the first one yeah no I it's I became keenly aware that I had uh, a lot of incompetent people. So
0: did you start questioning reenlisting before or after that? Well, of course I mean of course I did. I was
1: a, I was a boot and I was getting the dog shit hazed out of me all the time, and my like you know my seniors yeah. were dicks, and I was like why did I do this? Yeah. Uh, it, but it's also like a different thing. But con- then there
0: definitely was not something that would encourage you to... Oh, not um, as a boot. Yeah. Not either, in, to go either way with it. There wasn't really a deciding factor. You're just in there. Well, you're so long, You're, you're just, so far you're away from that decision. Yeah, you
1: want to yeah. leave every day as because right. it's fucking miserable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it was on the second deployment or, like, you know, in the work of the second deployment. You know, once you're a senior, you got to, like, you know, especially like coming out of a deployment with a combat action ribbon. Not that I earned it. It's just from some IDF before anybody accused me of trying to sound like uh, saltier than I am. That's to God's honest truth. It was some missile fire. We just got blanketed because they wanted to give the Navy a car. But anyway, oh. on, the, on on your uniform, it does you know, you know, people just read the they read the stack, not the fucking story. So yep. you know, it does give you a little bit more leeway. And then like, you know, once you're a senior, you got the latitude, you really like operate a little bit differently and you can like, you know now you're more senior than like your lieutenants. They got to listen to you. They don't have to, but they do. Yeah, um, they should. You know, you're not telling them what to do, but you're talking to them like a, a more normal human being. And shit. And then, like on my second pump, I had the most amazing leadership that I could possibly have, like uh, on like the company level. Yeah. Sorry about this background noise, guys. It's just a thing. But like, yeah. No. And I started. To, I started to reconsider staying in, uh, because like you know I had like an like you never see like your four horsemen like your captain, company guns, first sergeant, an exo, being like shit hot and squared away. It is a unicorn. You never see it i don't know man like i've worked with uh, like a like a lot of people over the years uh and all of those dudes i would go to hell and back for And i'm like you know the ones i got to talk to before i left i told him it when i was like man like i'm about to leave this fucking thing i can't like i'm not saying this for my own benefit at all but like like all you guys are like you know this is great leadership i'd follow you guys anywhere and i got nothing to gain from that but uh you know, so that that started to change my mindset about it a lot. And then, like, uh, but you're never just subject to like your platoon or your company or even your battalion. But it's like you know, where I started chafe was dealing with shit at the battalion level. I remember I have this one very specific instance of like I was out in ITX and I was like one of the only people that, uh, for those of you who don't know, ITX is infantry training exercise. It's a, uh, it's a huge, uh, well, training exercise. For the infantry out in 29 Palms, California, you're in the middle of the fucking desert, but uh, you're doing large-scale operations with like tanks and helicopters and amphibious assault vehicles and artillery, heavy mortars, like every single thing you can think of that goes into like a like a like a like a a, a Mew or any kind of big infantry attack. Like it's to simulate like a war. Um, you know, it's you know it's still training, but it's meant for that. But anyway, I was one of the only people who could drive, like, a UTV, which is, like, if anybody has ever seen, like, a Polaris Razor, it looks like that, but it's, like, a little bit more ruggedized, and it's got other capabilities. It's meant for military shit. But I was one of the only people who could do that, and it was just, like, one of the lighter, faster vehicles that we could use for really quick resupplies of anything, like, like, fuel, food, ammo, water. Like, uh, we could get, like, anywhere super fast, and I was pretty good at driving it. So I ended up, like, at one point running ops for four days and I think I, if I was getting like 30 minutes of sleep every 24 hours, I was doing pretty good. Cause it's just, somebody always needs something and it was just the best way to keep everybody going. Uh, and that was fine. Like, cause that's what you sign up for and that's what you know is going on. But uh, like the, the thing that like made me not want to re-enlist from that experience was that uh, I hadn't slept in, really in four days and I hadn't eaten in 36 hours. Uh, and so I hadn't stopped to shave, because if I could stop to do anything, I was going to sleep or eat. Uh, and uh, my sergeant major ran into me while I was in the middle of doing something. Uh, and, like, uh, saw that I had, like, you know, like, 5 o'clock shadow. Like, it, like I think I would probably had shaved at some point in that time, but just enough 5 o'clock shadow. Dude starts blasting me about the 5 o'clock shadow. And that's his first concern. While we're in the middle of, like, actively running ops, he knows there's a training exercise going on. And, like, you know... So he wasn't concerned. It's like it's like, have you slept? Have you eaten? Like, is everybody like like you know, is there enough water? Like, uh, like, uh, how's the operation going? Any other thing he could have been concerned about? Uh, and it was just like my shave, which I've legitimately had no opportunity to deal with. And you know, you can't tell him it's like, oh, I haven't had time to do it, Sergeant Major. And so he's like, you know, he's like, do it right now. And he makes me shave with like some other guy's shitty razor that he had there. And I was oh, like,
0: oh yeah, which I've never. Ugh.
1: I was like, oh, okay, so, like, you don't want to fucking, like, you know, it's, one you know, that's, like, kind of a, that's fucking awful leadership. That was, like, an intensely dehumanizing experience because I was, like, I was, like, man, like, I've been working my ass off for you for, like, days trying to make this shit run. Yeah. Like, I'm really, like, like, dead ass like, I was kind of a shitbag, but I'm, like, you know, I was, like, you know, doing my best for that shit because right. um, I like my company leadership, and then I was, like, oh, shit, like, I was, like, I realized in that moment that it's like as much as I like my company leadership and as hard as I work this institution, there's always going to be people like this on some level that are more concerned with optics and fucking career shit. And I was like, oh man, I'm not giving this fucking I, you know, I'm not giving this institution anything more than the bare minimum. Like, which isn't what I ended up doing because I still like because when you start doing that, then you fuck up the people that you like that are above you, you know. So right. I still like my company leadership. So if I start fucking up and being a piece of shit, that reflects on them. So,
0: but still, man,
1: it was a god awful experience. and I was just like, I was like, oh man, like I hate, you know.
0: So I mean, how many different instances did you have like that that led you to the decision of getting out?
1: Uh, at, I mean, like like dealing with like your battalion, like sergeant major, or whatever. Like that's. I don't know, I probably only met, like, my battalion leadership a handful of times throughout my career. But, like, you know, dealing with people like that on some level, more than enough. And it's just, it's like, oh, man, there's, like, a problem with this thing as an institution that these are their priorities.
0: Right. So, does... Do you think your age had anything to do with it, like how you, like, interpreted some of these experiences? Oh,
1: man, of course. Every day that I've been out, you know, I, I look back on it, and I would think about, like, uh, how some of the older guys that I was around. I mean, like, like I mean, you're one of them. You were you're about my age when we met. Right. Uh, like, you were 24, 25. Yeah. I was, like, I mean, and I was 19 back then. Right. Um. And looking back on it, like a lot, I, I met a lot of dudes who were like older than me and seemed to be handling things better because there is a, yeah. there's an
0: enormous maturity. Well, gap. they know how to, and even the maturity. I don't even think it has to do with being a more mature adult or not. Because you can be a piece of shit and know how to play the game and make it benefit you. Um, so I mean, do you think that would have? would have made a difference or were you thinking about that then
1: yeah man um i mean well i mean like when things are difficult then you're not thinking about it's like oh man maybe if i maybe i wouldn't have fucked this up if i was older that's i mean i i mean like maybe somebody thinks like that i i fucking don't
0: yeah well there's not really anything you can do about that either and there's so many I think about it now. There's so many instances, or even, you know, say when you have kind of a head-button contest with somebody, a contest with somebody that's, you know, higher than you in rank or responsibility or whatever, and it's just, it's literally just a discrepancy in time and grade. (laughs) Like, Like, I've had so many especially in law enforcement they'll be like well well, I've been doing this for 12 years I've been doing this for 10 years and blah 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 I'm just like well if the only thing you have to fucking pull from is just time fuck you yeah right like fuck you I want to see and this is kind of something that millennials get kind of fucking accused of and we're both in the millennial a time frame. Oh I made like, the cu- like, I made the cutoff. Yeah. So I mean we're still in that we're still in that age group. We just like it's not that we're lazier or selfish than anybody else. We just want shit to be explained to us. Like why hey sir, why are you making this decision? Why are we doing oh, this? Why are we going there? Oh man, and it's it such a, a hu- it's such a blow to their ego too. It just makes to a ask a huge difference. It's like if you can't explain some decisions or give some get just i need some fucking meat and potatoes with what you're just saying because there's so many people that like oh well hey hey climb up my ladder you see my rocker you see my stack you see my years in service i'm just like that doesn't mean you can't be an idiot
1: yeah no well and that's what that's what separated the guys that it's like a uh, you know i like i mean like you that you like there's people that you respect because you know that they're like they've been there forever and they're salty. But uh the ones that you like that I uh, that I personally really respected <coughs> were the one like I don't know. I had like a good I had a great ass company guns and like I like a, like I had a couple. But uh one specifically uh that I remember was this guy uh, I'm I'm not going to say his last name on the yeah. you know uh he's, but his name is Mike. Um not that I ever even today even out I'd never call him Mike. I call I'd still call this guy by his fucking rank. Great fucking guy. I am convinced he only knew how to yell. Even when he's like, dude. One time, this guy was giving me a compliment. He's like, like I was. We were like, like doing some like thing. We're like, like, like trying to like lead a Humvee through rough terrain. And like I was like, I, I must have done it really well. He's like. Great fucking job, Hammond. That was just, fuck, excellent route selection. Excellent rate of march. That is the best that's a fucking like like not but like not in, like like fucking macho man Randy Savage. Like, like literally I was like I was like, like, like okay like stop, like stop. <laughs> but yeah, out. yeah, and you could ask him but you could still ask him questions and shit. It's like, hey Gunny, I, I like I'm like I know what you want me to do. I don't understand why we're doing it. And, you know, he would yell his answer, but if you knew Well, him, he would
0: say the same thing just louder, not actually explain it. Like saying it no, louder. No, 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 he'd, Like a higher octave. Would, he'd
1: explain it to you, and he's okay, like, well, he's like no, we, we have to do this because if this isn't there, then they can't do this. So yeah. if they can't do this, none of us can do this. And you'd be, be like. So you'd
0: explain it, but still hyper aggressive.
1: <laughs> no, he, well, it's, he would do everything hyper aggressive. It didn't mean he was mad at you or he was even being mean. And it's like, you know, and he's also one of the few people that he, when he'd get like mad over nothing, he'd be like, hey, I'm sorry I was like that. You're like oh like word man, like it's oh, like thanks okay. like I'll, like I'll, oh I'll die for you now, like you know because yeah. that's all you you're like dude you're just like, like
0: guys like that 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 like made it all bearable right?
1: Oh a hundred percent man, like I'd mm-hmm. still I just like I like fucking still follow him on Facebook and Instagrams I just like to see what he's yeah. doing.
0: Is he still he's probably is he a lifer?
1: Oh yeah no a hundred percent.
0: Yeah,
1: um he's doing some but some cool guy shit out in California. Yeah. Um. Okay. And things like that. The people that will talk to you and engage you like a human being. So, some
0: of those guys, there was a um, kind of a gap that I saw with our enlistment. I mean, obviously, you couldn't have enlisted any sooner because you were fucking younger. And I didn't lo- enlist any sooner just because, you know, my life had different plans and I had different goals. And it was still... War <coughs> <coughs> yeah, dodger. Uh. Yeah, right? It's <laughs> just go to college and dodge it. Um, but fortunate sound begins to play in the background yeah but some of them some of the higher leadership they were like oh well instead of I guess putting their lessons learned towards making more Marines and maybe even Marines that kind of think the way they do they just kind of fucking shit on you for not going to war yet and by the time we went in, there was like that little Isis scare, but then besides that they like, sent they
1: sent one company of ours into Syria, and then
0: yeah like and then we one didn't company have, of us got I mean like we got I we mean, were like, kind of in a weird spot where
1: yeah no uh being a being a grunt without the experience of war especially is so fucking bizarre because you uh it's like you spend four years having blue balls and i'm like at this point like i don't know man like i've tried to i've tried to really compartmentalize that and like uh because it's objectively it's like a it's a horrible experience it's like you know like it's who is it that said it i can't recall it's like anybody who wants to who wants to go to war has never been there before but it's yep. like you know you get all of this indoctrination in boot camp, and they really do try and, like, put this, like, the, this, like, killer mindset in you. And then, uh, you know, and they don't do a good job of... They spin you up, and they don't do a good job of spinning you down, so you just get back into the civilian world, and you're like, oh, man, like, I, you know, I was in the Marine Corps, I guess, because I remember being in the Marine Corps, but I don't feel like it, because I didn't do what I'd signed up to do, man. Yeah. And it's just, like, you end up with this... Like, with and it's this...
0: like that on, like, a lot of levels. Um, I mean, you know, you're... Active duty experience is going to vary from my reserve experience, which is going to differ from Kyle's reserve experience, which is going to differ from Bobby's National Guard experience. Because, I mean, we have National Guardsmen that have done more than any Marine I've really served with.
1: Dude, my cousin is a fucking air conditioner repairman in the Army. This dude, did, did a, he got into 18 firefights in Afghanistan. hes I don't even know how many confirmed he's got. But it's like you know he wasn't supposed to be doing that shit. Like I, right. I signed up for the fucking infantry and I didn't get anywhere close to that. Right. So, you know it's it's the way it shakes out. But it's like it's like you know and like like I've talked to him and he's not like you know. He's he's dealing with that well, but it it, it hasn't. Be, that was not a good thing for him. You know, like he's still like carrying right. that with him. <clears throat> uh, and like you know, the, and that's not any kind of knock against him at all. It's just like you know the reality of like going through like a horrible fucking experience. But. And it's a fucked up thing, man. But you end up jealous because you're like, you're like, man, like that was supposed to be me. Like you're like, you know, yeah. it sounds like the dumbest, a, there's, definitely a degree,
0: there's definitely a degree of, I mean, especially straight up enlisting, uh, volunteering, enlisting as infantrymen, and you never see the elephant. Yeah,
1: yeah, and you're like, you're like, dude, what do I? How do I process this experience? It's supposed to have, like, some... There is a culminating in-state to being an infantryman, and that is combat. Right. I mean, and it, it's not even, like, signing up in peacetime where you're like, I'm going to go be a grunt and do a mew, and I'm going to wear a hat that says Cold War veteran because I went to I went to Greece for two weeks or whatever the fuck. It's like, no, nah, man, like, we were still, like, in 2014, we were still pretty deep in the GWAT, and yeah. ISIS was coming up, and there was ISIS cells yeah, popping still up. still a
0: ton of potential...
1: Yeah, man. I mean, and it's not like people weren't going through deployments at that point. So it's like, you know, it was on its way down, but like you, it was really, we were spun up for it. And then the way the Marine Corps separates you, man, like it's, you do not, you don't get spun down. Like it's, there's no way, like you, you just like there, like you sink or swim.
0: So <clears throat> not seeing that elephant, when did I guess you came to the conclusion you are fine not seeing that elephant and not continuing in the Marines, and then did you have a plan when you were like, "All right, I'm not, I'm not reenlisting because I'm going to do X, Y, and z
1: i never got content with that idea, uh, and I'm, I'm still not. I'm still like you know, like military is not off the table for me, man. Um, I'm, I'm done with the Marine Corps there's just so many systematic problems with like just the culture of it and shit. And I'm not talking about like ah, oh, there's the Marine Corps, the toxic masculinity of the Marine Corps yeah, makes no, it make me little, feel weird when I watch deeper, other guys talk my wife. That. it's deeper like, than that, yeah. Yeah, no, but like you know, there's there, there's greener fields out there to pursue. If anything, I'm gonna
0: like. You just go about it smarter. I mean, like different branch, different field. There's I mean, different. There's different ways to serve than you know sacrificing the body in the Marine Corps infantry.
1: Right now I'm looking at like a like, you know, some 18 series thing in the army. After I get my degree, I want to take my time being out to just figure out like, you know, I'm not jumping into a decision like that again.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh I got to figure out if that's really what I want to do.
0: But So, did you know you were going to go to college right away?
1: Oh, hell yeah, man. It's like, you know, like, I mean,
0: you did I mean, you did your years. You got the post uh you got the post 911. Oh, yeah. It's
1: uh, dude, college, GI Bill. College was sweet, always
0: sweet deal.
1: It's t- amazing for going um, to, for going to Charleston, like the college of Charleston. Yep. Dude, like it's it's
0: eighteen hundred
1: a month just to go to school.
0: Yep. So you're pretty much paid to go to school. So. Oh no! It's literally that's
1: just money in your pocket.
0: Paid right, to go to school. Right. Right. No. Yeah. You're getting paid. Um. So when you, because I mean, you got out and then came down here to Charleston. Um. pretty quick. There's always kind of those awkward moments like um, I mean even as a reservist or a national guardsman once you're in the in the military world for a little bit and then you come to all civilians on top of okay now I'm in college as a student with you're in there with fucking 18-year-olds that don't know their what, ass from a hole in the ground.
1: What a world, man. It's the biggest fucking... Because you think, like, you know, in, in my head, I was, like, I was like, oh, yeah,
0: like... And Charleston I, is a weird town. Oh, Charleston is a weird Charleston town. Charleston is a weird town. Some people might think of it, like, as the Old South or that that stupid show, like, Southern Charm it's, it's, or some it's bullshit. It's the Old South, but that everyone is from New that Jersey that or Ohio. It. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a mix, man. You'll have just traditional southern military families you have you know people from up north coming down all the businessmen like it's it's uh you know you hear the term uh you know kind of if you listen to this podcast you might listen to some other similar podcasts that are that are a lot of them are out of austin texas now and they they're saying is keep austin weird Mm -hmm. that same weird vibe is charleston south carolina all the way
1: Yeah, to to some extent, it's kind of moved out, I think, and it's more, that's like, it's now it's like a, in like the peripheries of the town, because it's just everything, you know, it's just been gentrified, but like, coming here, I had this idea that dealing with 18 year olds in college would be the same as dealing with, because I was like, oh, I deal with 18 year olds every day, because like, you know, boots are a thing, Uh, so it's like, I was like, oh, dealing with these 18 year olds. A civilian
0: boot and a marine boot is different.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, shit, like, there's at least a minimal amount of respect that you can just have to accord to somebody, but it's like, it's like, I know at the end of the day, you know enough to be a Marine and to be an infantryman, or a radio operator, or who the fuck I'm dealing with. And you don't
0: know what any of these motherfuckers can do out here.
1: Oh, meanwhile, it's just, like, you come here, and it's, you know, it's like, like, like 17, 18-year-olds just addicted to cocaine and TikTok, and you're like... Yeah. That seems like a like a, like an exaggeration until you're like in these classes and it's like you know I guess if you're in there and you're 18 it doesn't seem weird but when you're 25 it's weird as fuck like you know I because like, you have just no common ground with anybody and it's like you don't want to like immediately flex you're like oh I was in the military because you just don't want to be that guy nobody wants to be the bro vet on campus
0: <clears throat> yeah and I mean so when you got here you're you're dealing with basically reintegration you're finding like all right what's my new purpose what's my new uh what is my major going to be where do i want to go with life what we're kind of it's like okay you come to uh you come to charleston what are like the goals while you're kind of struggling with like finding your niche in charleston oh man um that would be a really great thing to have a, like
1: a good concrete answer for. But honestly, the, like the biggest struggle uh, of being out is finding any kind of purpose without people telling you uh, uh, what to do. And it seems like some stupid automaton cheap bullshit that you're like, oh. But it
0: gets programmed in your, especially in the Marine Corps. That shit gets programmed in you. And I mean, we've always been made fun of. Being like, oh, they've been brainwashed and reprogrammed. We really and, have, though. It's like, in that's in a way, a, in a way.
1: I'm kind of proud of it, man. Like, that's I mean, not, in, like... I mean,
0: in a way. And I mean, I still, um, even with my different path and what I'm doing now, like, I still have a level of pride to it that's just like, you know what? Yeah, I did, I did do that shit. And most of the people in this country never fucking will. Yeah. Yeah. At
1: least, like, it did something. Like, but
0: no, man, like, trying to find a, like, I can't help. I can't help that I didn't enlist during World War II and get to do epic shit. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, i might work in the physics lab so but that I can uh, find, I can I'm develop find a device that lets me go back in time to yeah, like kill Hitler so yeah. that I can be part of the generation I that Yeah, like I can go back in time. This is
0: This isn't fucking Marvel. You know, I'm not Captain America and fucking Iron Man. Like, my bad. But You could be Professor X. That's true. Yeah that's a bald joke for y'all that don't know you um, can't, if you
1: can't tell by the sound of his voice Aaron is the
0: most <laughs> it's extremely like, bald Aaron's, I just
1: sound bald Aaron's so aggressively bald that my hairline itself is inching back it's,
0: he's <laughs> it, like it's, he's, it kind of is though
1: it's like proximity <laughs> it's like being in proximity to like a nuclear reactor I'm just slowly just losing my hair it fucking burns off 3.6 ron. so not great not terrible
0: yeah so with that being said like alright finding that purpose I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do that. Uh, do you even feel like you've found it yet?
1: No. No, of course not. I mean, right now, but I mean, I'm in, the thing is, I'm an undergrad. Yep. So, I'm in, like, sophomore classes, so I'm still knocking out gen eds. So, uh, like, I've been really trying to branch out and be like, like, right now I'm taking, like, philosophy, anthropology, public speaking, sailing, and... Uh, I mean, it's all really
0: well-rounded stuff, and I mean... in and where you science. are where you are is a liberal arts institution which if there was anywhere to branch out it would be here But with that, how are you kind of and you don't want to get pinholed into one thing because that's not even what this podcast or this or even this company and, and, and I talked to you about it from the very beginning is really about is getting yourself fucking pigeonholed into one fucking thing. And it's kind, of, it's kind of a struggle where it's like, hey, like for me, like I am a law enforcement officer.
1: That when, is When you get shoehorned into those roles, you just – So go. that is
0: my thing, but I also don't want to be – and I also – and I enjoy the field that I'm in. Like I, I know – I know Aaron knows that he's in the right arena. So how do you even get in the right arena after getting – Force-fed in a certain arena for four years.
1: I think that you probably. I, I. I don't know. I'd like to think that what I'm doing is the right thing, mm-hmm. but uh, my my approach right now is I'm just walking into a lot of wrong doors, mm-hmm. right now. Uh, so uh, the like, I take, I'm taking a philosophy classes pr- like semester. I like the class. I won't be taking another one. Uh, you know, because I'm not going to be a. I'm not going to be a philosophy student. I'm not going to be a philosopher. Yeah. Um, it's, it was well, an know. interesting experience, but like, it's, it, I'm just trying to. You know, Poli Sci is the same way. Like, I took my second po- like political science class this semester. I don't think I'm going to be a political science student. I thought I might be doing that uh, for a long yeah. time. Turns out House of Cards is not a uh, is not a good
0: show. <laughs> to, <laughs> to fucking base, yeah, I, thought, base I, your be, I life thought I was gonna be I like, thought uh, I was gonna be like
1: uh, Kevin Spacey and I was just gonna be like murdering journalists that I sleep with no, and things like that. No, Turns no. out, well, Kevin Spacey for so many reasons is not the guy.
0: Yeah. No, that's a different, that's more of a pop culture thing that I don't, I don't feel like diving into. (laughs) Um, Man, this is, this can be such a dense, dense subject. Um, Oh, something's happening in the city of, in the holy city. I
1: don't know if that's coming through on the mic, but I don't know
0: if that's coming here or not. Yeah, it's sirens going off. Yeah, it's just popping off as it do. Yep, on a Sunday night, baby.
1: This is the Lord's Day. Do they have no respect? Nah.
0: Um So with that transition going on, um what would you characterize so far as, as like maybe speed bumps? You're just like, damn, this is not where I thought I was going to be. If you asked me five years ago, I you know, wouldn't say where I am now. And I no. mean, do you even view any of this as speed bumps, or you just fucking? Oh man, if you, you ask me, are ri- you, you just are ri- you just riding with it? You going with the flow?
1: If you asked me five years ago where I was going to be, I'd probably give you an answer pretty close to where I am now. The thing is, is that once you get and, there, because it's
0: not that wild of a hey, I'm going to go in, I'm going to do my time, whatever happens, happens. Yeah, I'm wondering uh, where that
1: 19-year-old sense of adventure went, because now I'm just in this holding pattern in college. Yeah, and so the thing is it's like, the the actual speed bump isn't like getting here, it's once you're getting like, once you've accomplished, you know everything I've set out to do, I've accomplished and it's it's, the thing is, it's like, you know you have this idea of what you want to do and what you want to accomplish, and then once you get there, it might not be like, you know, you climb to the You're like,
0: shit, this is not what I was expecting
1: Yeah, sometimes you climb to the top of a mountain and the view is not
0: good that that's an interesting thing. So I know in one of uh, one of the prior podcasts I talk about, and I got this from a when I was taking a lot of random classes at Carolina um, in a religion class. So it was just a broad religion class taught by a Muslim that I took. I took multiple of multi, like I took. He taught a lot of classes there,
1: Mr. Abdul. And what do we need the pressure cookers for? And he's like,
0: no, silence. No, 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 silence. No, 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 no. He was actually a really great guy. Um, which one of you went to
1: the U haul for today? Yeah, he actually went
0: on to another very good um, It was actually a Catholic university he went and did um, went and did stuff at um and he was talking about in the term of religions everybody wants to get to the top of the mountain.
1: What was it? What was the class he taught at the, con- the Catholic University? Are you sure?
0: Uh, I'm not sure what he's teaching now, but when he was at Carolina in- it was Introduction
1: like, to the Enemy or No. <laughs> no, it was like
0: <laughs> It was like Religion 101 or 102 or whatever, so it covered all the... I mean, for the Catholics, not for me. Please
1: don't take that the wrong way. (laughs)
0: Um, It's a Crusader joke. Don't read too far into that one. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, you saying in terms of religion, there was multiple ways to get to the top of the mountain. And that implies that the top of it is the goal and you're going to be satisfied.
1: Sometimes you just have to... (laughs)
0: Where I'm
1: not going to I'm not, gonna, I'm not yours, keep doing that.
0: With yours, you talk about getting to the top of the mountain and not even liking the view at all. No.
1: Yeah, no. It's uh, getting into getting into college, and then uh, like I don't know. I I, I had this idea that it's going to be like some Van Wilder shit, and I'm like, I'm going to get to college, and I'm going to be. It's going to be. <sighs> That's kind of the common
0: thing I've. My roommate, beginning of college, it, like, wasn't what he thought it was going to be. And then he, like, got into Greek life and got in a fraternity, and he kind of, he lived it for a year. It was about a year, and he was, like... I keep getting um, spanked kinda,
1: by men. I thought this was supposed yeah, to end, but they keep you doing... You just get,
0: you just get burnt out. You just get burnout on the party lifestyle. You really do. That's not, Van Wilder isn't real life. Um, That's somebody's real life. not mine. Some, somebody,
1: but not us. Yeah, I tried that frat shit. I got invited to. Yeah, It was not it. Yeah, I'm not going to go into a, a, a lot of detail, that detail about that. Just turn like I. It just as it turns out. I always had this idea that uh, like that like Marines weren't that special with like the way they can drink because you're like oh like, we just think that uh, we just think that we can really drink because you know like it's no it's, there
0: is there is definitely a superpower that go well there's a superpower that can, go with, putting the EGA on all. Oh yeah, well, but, it's, I, but I everything can, in the 100%. Marine Corps is like a,
1: it's like a dick pump game, and so you're like, some I of this is just our own, the smoke we've blown up our own asses. So getting into college, I was like, it's like like nah, the Marine Corps can't really drink. It's just like the same as any frat, and then I drank with a frat for the first time, and I I'm was like, not what? a heavy. I was not a heavy drinker in the barracks. I was you know like, honestly probably a lightweight, uh, dude. No, like I like it's fucking somebody would have died, and. You know, and that's not a flex or anything, it's just like, oh, I can't, I just, like, you, you realize, like, once you get to college as a vet, you're like, I, like I'm either going to have to fundamentally change the person, like, who I am, which, you know, I've ended up liking a lot, uh, or I'm just going to have to hang out with other vets, because they're the only other people that are going to get, Yeah. like, your experience. That or any other, like, you know, like, maybe, like, like firefighters and cops or just whoever the fuck else who's had, like, some kind of, enough extreme experience where there's, like, a, a reason to respect, have mutual respect, you know?
0: Right. So, I, mean, I really think that was super interesting about you getting to the top of the mountain and not liking the view. So, one thing that I've hit on, on every episode where I, you know, we sit down and talk to somebody or a <coughs> certain career field or, or something, and since... Because you kind of described where you're at right now as a holding pattern. I don't really, I don't really see it as that. Because you're still working towards the graduation. Um, I mean, you know, in the and, same and way, getting, that... and getting your degree in something. So, so if you if you self described it as as a holding pattern, one of the biggest phrases in the military. I'm a I'm a big fucking fan of it. Is fucking adapt and overcome. What is Hammond doing right now? To, because you're adapting and overcoming constantly with your personal struggle struggles of not seeing the elephant um, in the Marine Corps college not being exactly what you thought it would be but you're in fucking Charleston, South Carolina which is one of the best places to fucking be um, you know, you're still fucking young you're still a fucking stud what are you doing now to where you're going to like the view from that
1: mountain? man, um it's all just been like you know, rec- like it's been this process of recognizing that it's like okay, I'm never going to get that college experience that uh, when I when I was you know a kid joined the Marine Corps, I was like eventually I'm also going to be in my twenties when I do this, like I'm going to get that. I'm never going to get that in the way that I wanted back then, and realizing that I don't even want that now. You know, as I'm over it, I'm past that part of my life where being like a like a constantly drunk like partying college kid is going to be like it's not. There's no reward to that. Uh, you know, and it, it, it's, like, uh, trying to uh, manifest experiences that are, it sounds like some hippie bullshit, but you know where I can't. No, from. no, I mean, go on. Uh, trying to manifest uh, experiences that are going to be more, fu- like, deeply, uh, like, personally rewarding than that. Um, I don't want to spend, it sounds so stupid, it just sounds like a lame person's excuse to not go out and party. Because uh, they weren't invited, no, um, I mean, there's,
0: but like you know, try like like like. There's days to parties. There's days to study. There's days to see your family. There's days to yeah. see you know. In my case, my kids. So, I mean, there's yeah.
1: It's so like the the what I've been doing is you gotta is,
0: fucking cut loose. Sometimes you gotta fucking button it up and
1: yeah. Well, it's so I fundamentally just shifted my my priorities um, to more rewarding uh, pursuits. Not to sound like a snobby elitist or anything, but like. Uh, I've signed up for like uh, like I already took two semesters of German. Now I, I'm taking um, like French and Spanish on top of that. Yeah.
0: So German I, wasn't you're just like okay cool. Whatever. No, I still
1: I'm still going to pursue that to its end and, and be like you know at okay. least somewhat proficient in that. Okay. But now I'm going, I'm doing like Spanish and French on top of that. Right. Um, because it's very practical. Yeah. And I think that it, it's a really good thing to cultivate. Um, I'm trying to get like I well I actually just bought a house. I bought my parents' house. Uh. Like, or at least the place that my parents live, it's its my house now. But uh, I bought that so I don't have to worry about them in the future. They're always going to have a place to live. So I'm trying to get my family secure so that I don't have to deal with that down the road as, as some kind of stressor. Right. And then uh, coming up with a plan to get that paid off. And right. then uh, I'm moving out of downtown Charleston to somewhere else that I can, um, you know, it's hopefully a little bit more affordable, has room for my dog. And uh, I'm out of, like, the weird hustle and bustle of Charleston life. Uh, It's going to let me focus on my stuff a lot better. Um, And then, you know, like, as far as other meaningful things that uh, I'm trying to pursue, uh, martial arts is definitely one of them. Uh, I'm looking at uh, when I've got... I'm getting some spare time, like, soon, as soon as I'm done with finals next week. Uh, And then, you know, I'd like to get, like, a decent basis in, like, Muay Thai and, like, kickboxing. I think that that might just be good for my mindset. Yeah, there's Um,
0: definitely a... uh... I had the word for it. There's always a very... hippie, zen-like state... you know... inner meaning and purpose to... most martial arts. I mean, I know... the general public, most exposure to martial arts is... is... you know, the UFC. But... within that... like, there's definitely an art to... Even strikers, um, with jujitsu, with Muay Thai, there's definitely a
1: yeah, well, I mean, inner
0: evaluation and humbling that can happen that helps a lot of people,
1: yeah. Well, and also just cultivating it's just so good to cultivate, um, a a skill. And I, and my philosophy is always, or maybe hasn't always been, but is now at least that you know, it's the more practical skill, the better. Um, so
0: we're. Are, are you kind of thinking along the lines of like, maybe the more stuff I expose myself to, and the more skills I try to acquire or, or bare minimum experiment with, is going to help you to? I'm coming back to it again to your to your view at the top of the mountain. Yeah, man. Well, I think that I th- is it. Just I, a hope it's going to all come together.
1: Kind of. That's kind of a philosophical uh, question. Ah, uh, I mean like. The way I see it now is, it's like, I think that the, the 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 way that I was fucking up with all of this was my idea that there there's a top to it, man. The thing is, is it's like you've got however much time you have on this earth, and it's either you're you're either improving, stagnating, or getting worse. But there's no there's no pinnacle, there's no end <clears throat> state. You've never learned everything, right, you've never right. accomplished everything. There's always something more to do, and I'm not trying to do that like Jocko Willink bullshit, where it's like it's always like you know, not bullshit. It's actually. That shit's good, but that's just like there's just you know if you're not if you're not wired like that you're not wired like that. That's right. I don't think that I'm wired like that, but I do like I do like that philosophy. Well, I mean,
0: he even admits that himself when he talks about. um, I mean, he's he's reaching out to. um, He's doing a lot of stuff with children now, where he's talking about, you know, it's bullshit. And this is you can if you listen or read any of his material. Not, you know, people tell their kids you can be anything you want to be when you grow up. Bitch, no, you
1: cannot. He's sitting there. He sit, just sits there in like a like Miss Johnson's third grade class. Like the hungry caterpillar would not survive ten minutes in a combat zone. He <laughs> yeah. has a fat body. Right, right. Has, yeah. Jocko doesn't yell. He just in a slow. He doesn't angry, have to yell. In a slow, angry monotone. Just yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even he'll tell you it's just like the little can, engine, the be, little
1: engine that could. You cannot be. Because
0: you all do. of his friends were gonna die if he did. <laughs> yeah. And he realized that he has. To, super yeah. super <laughs> dark with fucking. Yeah, with the little train. Um. So, dude, we we can get super philosophical into this. So you would see it as. <clears throat> your purpose and and we're looking at it in just scope of after the Marine Corps but this just means your whole fucking life there's not one pinnacle it's going to be a series let's just say it's a series of mountaintops
1: yeah there's a bunch of things like like
0: never ending mountaintops
1: yeah, it's a, It's not a. It's, there's no. It's not a mountaintop. You're it's like a,
0: pinnacle, and you're just like all right. I just want to stay on that. I just want to stay. Th- I just
1: want to stay on that ridge line, man. Which norm. Okay. Normal, normally, okay. bad philosophies. You, okay.
0: You, you never want to be skylined to the end. <laughs> yeah. But no. Yeah. The tactical summit, not the geological summit. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be. I want to be at I want to be at the. I wanna be at the
0: the tactical of by achievements yeah. I don't want to get so good that I'm on somebody's I radar I to silhouette myself on the ridgeline right 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 yeah right. no, okay. no
1: it just, it's, 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 a, it's a series of it's I like just,
0: how you brought like that deep <laughs> philosophical viewpoint I was getting to that and you just bring it down to, to dumb dumb grunt terminology again
1: Oh, man, like, it's... <laughs> d- dude, you'd be surprised. It's like, it's... You can just... You can boil down... <laughs> the so,
0: tactical ridge line. <laughs> you
1: can... You can boil down
0: so much fucking oh, complex philosophy into things I for know. stupid people. I know. I gotta boil it down to so many people on the street now.
1: Dude, we were in my actual philosophy class, and we're talking about, like, a... If any of you guys are at all... Ph- Sorry, everybody. Uh, podcast cut out and cut right back in, so, um, I'm not sure what it caught and what it didn't. We were talking about how... Um, so much of, like, like, complex philosophy can really be boiled down into dumb, grunt shit. And I was asking Aaron if he uh, is familiar with the allegory of the cave. It's, uh, it's like a platonic idea uh, from the Greek philosopher Plato. Basically, it's like if the idea that if, like, uh, people spent their entire life chained in the wall of a cave and they could only see shadows on the opposite wall, um, that would be their idea of, of, uh, of, of reality. Right like like basically, like you know the the shadow puppets that they could see like that's the only world they knew, so that's like everything that had any kind of significance thing like that, but I mean it's like you know uh that's that's what the fog of war is, right it's just the- fa- it's the only factors that you can see is the only ones you can look in, like you're looking at, and you can you know get like uh, it's like connecting dots, you can connect the dots any way you want, uh doesn't mean it's the right picture. Uh-huh. But yeah, no. It's actually all all of that shit. I mean, like, well, there's a reason why any of that philosophy stands any kind of test of time. It's because it's infinitely applicable uh, throughout time and against uh, across all these levels of understanding, and it speaks to something you know, kind of fundamental.
0: <clears throat> so, does any of these, I mean, classes? I mean, you're taking a wide variety of stuff, you know, being at a liberal arts institution here. And I mean, I have basically a liberal arts degree too. um, Is that helping you with finding that purpose post Marine Corps so far? I mean, like in the, in the the same way
1: as trial and error helps anybody figure anything out. But uh, have I found like that thing? Now like 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 I've been saying, I, I haven't but I found things you know, it's like you, you discover interests uh in doing it. Um and right now it's just like the things that I'm interested in like here are like history and anthropology uh-huh. and you know, political science and things like that. Uh-huh. But it's like uh what am I going to do with a bachelor's degree in any of those and do I want to spend any of that yeah. time? Like are you just gonna be
0: like a modern day Indiana Jones? or man i get that so much
1: i get that so much believe it or not you're just
0: gonna (laughs) just go into some type of weird contracting work or oh man
1: i've got a friend doing contracting right now uh you've met you met brian it does not
0: we can i want to sit down and get in brian's head oh man
1: he's uh fucking vastly more interesting than me um (laughs) he really is um but, yeah, no, I couldn't do contracting. But uh, really what the game plan is right now is to find, like, uh, you know, I've got a good passive income and I invest money. So I can just, kind of no matter what I do, I can just live. Right. Um, and I don't have to, like, work again. Right. If I, you know, so choose. Right. I mean, I, I, I will probably choose to do so. Right. But, um, so I might really just pursue one of my like my interests, like academic interests, and then see where we are from there. But the real possibility of what it's looking like right now is that I get this bachelor's degree, and then if two, two and a half years from now, like once I have my degree, I'm still interested in uh, serving again, going to the army, trying like an 18 x-ray pipeline. Uh, Right now, uh, I'm really interested in anthropology, and I'm learning like two languages on top of a third that I've already got a pretty good basis in. Uh, so I'd like to wrap up all three languages by the end of college, and then going from like like cultural anthropology with a l- understanding of three languages and infantry background with demolitions experience. I think I'd make a really good candidate for uh, you know whatever kind of like a selection there is. Although I mean most of that, most of that is just being like a hard motherfucker with the you know the kind of uh, like interpersonal skills that make you a, an asset to that team. So then, just like you know, a lot of a lot of what I'm trying to do too is just personal exploration and just like not not being a fucking asshole uh, and getting along with people. Which that sounds like some touchy feely bullshit, but it's like you know, it's, when you're around nothing but 18 year olds who just like they you know they I mean they didn't have to work to get here. A lot of them not to shit on people, but like they didn't. Uh, you know, it's there's so much of daddy's money behind all of this shit, and so they can just like come to class and not give a fuck and it it drives me nuts because all the teachers like at at this college try so hard uh and I had to work so hard to get here that it's like you know I can't do anything other than give a fuck about even classes that I really shouldn't give a fuck about um so it's you know just like I I get a lot of experience day in and day out just not being an asshole because everybody literally they act like boots but you can't you just don't have the like the latitude to treat them that way and it's not Conducive to do so, and also just that's a mindset that I've just got to leave behind now,
0: right? So, through all these kind of transitional struggles, what are you doing to because I mean, you mentioned selection for um, that'd be something within DOD, you know, some high speed stuff. We don't need to name what any of that is, you can y'all can look it up. Um through these struggles, trying to find that purpose afterwards, where do you, and I mean, I know we I mean we've gone out and had a good time before, but what are you doing to to really like stay sharp, uh, I mean mentally, physically? I mean when you're in, I mean that stuff is, I mean, it's fed you with a spoon. You're gonna, I mean, you're gonna, like you said sink or swim as an individual now, what are you doing now to stay sharp? Because I mean, this will apply people going through transition or even people in careers that may be listening that you're kind of on your own and and especially in law enforcement, and that's kind of a a pro and a con in law enforcement where you are, you're by yourself a lot um, and a lot of uh, your motivation with continued education and to completely physically discipline yourself, it falls on you.
1: Well, fucking. I'd like to say that what I'm doing is like, oh man, I'm I'm at the range every day and I'm running drills and I'm well, fucking. It's like, too expensive now. To, oh I mean, man, like fucking. You gotta have
0: like a little laser practice gun or airsoft gun to stay sharp now. Oh man, or, I, like just or, to it, just to get enough ammo for it. a
1: mag. I've given so much blood and semen. I'm not like just. <laughs> I'm not prepared. To, I'm not prepared to operate a weapon safely, um. But. No, the, I'd like to say that. Uh, I was doing I was doing Murphs every day for a while. I did a sober October challenge and then every time So
0: Murph's still I'm pretty sure everybody listening is gonna know what a Murph is, but tell everybody what a Murph is. Okay,
1: so at Murph you have a flak jacket on, you do one hundred pull ups, you do one hundred or I'm sorry, two hundred push ups and then three hundred squats. Uh, and before you do that you do a one mile run and then you after that you do a one mile run. Right. Um and so I was doing a Murph pretty much every day because I was doing a sober October challenge and the uh, the, the, the punishment for breaking your sober October uh, like if you were to drink or smoke or have any caffeine yeah. or uh, sober
0: October was a big thing made popular by you yeah know, Joe the, Rogan the, so that podcast toys. that no one's ever heard of
1: <laughs> yeah, only the biggest goddamn thing on the planet. yeah yeah uh, <laughs> now my friends got the idea to and I got the idea to do that and like it mean, uh,
0: inspired a lot of people and it did some good in a lot of ways.
1: Oh yeah, well the problem is I didn't stay sober because just you know, like, Didn't uh, stay sober cuz so it's a full month. Howdy. Uh but uh yeah, no, well I, I didn't stay I didn't stay I didn't stay sober for more than like a week because I just So then you had to do the Murph. Yeah, and then well I really like it's like after the first time like because the, the reason why I, I drank and I smoked the cigarette the first time was cuz it was uh, our friend Cody James's wedding. And uh, he wanted me to ah. take a. He wanted me to take a shot with him, ah, okay. and I. I was like, no, I'm doing this challenge. I'm not going to do it. He's like, he's like, this is my wedding. It comes like once in a life. You know, it comes. This is the only one I'm ever going to do.
0: Supposedly, it's going to be once in a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Supposedly, it's going to be once in a which life. I think for him it will be.
1: Yeah, I mean, but a, not for Ginny because his... once heart disease kills James, ah! like, <laughs> <laughs> she'll be married fast gosh, um, yes,
0: I hope he listens to this. Oh man, I'd love to. Yeah, fuck This is going
1: to be what gives him the heart attack that finally kills him.
0: <laughs> um, and then Jenny can be free. I can't wait
1: till they <laughs> scrape him out of that golden corral bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man. man. But uh, no, like, so, like, he like, made me take a shot with him, and then I was like, all right, well, like, I've already, I'm gonna have to run a Murph tomorrow anyway, so then it's like, uh, I bummed yeah. a couple smokes from him, and I was like, all right,
0: whatever. So that was part of the bet you had to do a Murph the next day?
1: Yeah, the next day, no matter what, no matter how hungover uh... you were. So I started, I just, I did one the next day, and I was like, oh, that sucked, that wasn't that bad. And then, like, later that night, I I had come back here on this is actually, like, the same night that I met Jessica. I just got done, like, like coming back from his wedding and running a Murph. Uh-huh. And then, like, I met her, and I was like, oh man, I want to fucking, I want to hook up with this chick. So then, like, you know, I bought beer to, oh, like, cause I wanted to see if she'd, geez. like, like, like uh, if she'd hang out with me. And so, like, she had been drinking with my roommates, and she had a couple beers with me. And then, like, we ended up, so, like, like hooking up and shit. Then I had to run a fucking murder the next day, so I had to leave her. This chick that I didn't even know just in my bed. But then I was like, yeah, I was like, I ran it hungover as fuck, and I was like, oh, I can just do this. And I was like, I, so I was like, I got in great shape because I was like, I'm a, an alcoholic. So I'm like, I'm like, uh, well, I can't stop drinking, but I can run a Murph every day. Uh, you know, like a sub hour Murph. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It was not a sub hour. That's a fucking absolute lie. But yeah, the, that's, the, well. The thing was, it was sub hundred minute, which is not hard. Uh, I um,
0: can't even remember. We did it, I've done it a couple times, and I remember, uh, I know, well, one of the guys at, uh, at Valkyrie, that I went to the academy with. There was a group of us. And One of the cadre there approached us and they were like, hey, I want to start a, or kind of restart a tradition of, um, you know, doing a MRF for every graduating class. Um, you know, there's different traditions, you know, at different schools and different academies and stuff. And I was like, hell yeah. And uh, I know he's carried that over to, um, he's carried that over to uh, their their kind of their SWAT selection at the, at the police department he works at. And uh, I mean the murph it's so simple but it's such a ball buster. Oh yeah, it's fuck it, it's, it's God fucking awful. Well and it's always it's always going to suck cuz the cuz just the it's numbers, individual effort. The numbers are so high. Well if you're by yourself, it's individual effort. But if you're doing that with a group of dudes, it's going to get competitive real quick. It's like, hey, dude, I'm going to do mine in groups of 10. Oh, I'm going to do mine in groups of 12. It's like, oh, your your mile time was... Oh, you're going to chill and do seven minutes? 6.45. Oh, 6.45? Tight. 6.30. I will pay
1: you $200 <laughs> if you can run some <laughs> seven-minute mile in a flak jacket. I have a flak jacket with I'm plates good, in it right I'm here.
0: Good, I don't have to run are that you, long.
1: Are, you, are you run sub seven minute miles good? because I'd have, love to
0: see that I don't have to run that long. How
1: competitive anymore. are you getting Tell me
0: about that I don't have to run that long anymore. I'm not chasing somebody for a mile. you kidding me I ran it I ran it <sighs> I ran it I ran it it's six fifty eight one
1: time doing that and I was like I was like I was so proud of that and I was like I was like, oh man, that's awesome. I, then I just like I just spent like uh, I, I had like one of my worst times because I had to spend the next like five minutes throwing up Ugh. I was like yes. But,
0: uh, oh, oh, oh no. I'm gonna oh. throw up everywhere. Yeah,
1: just, just uh, and you're like, you know, it's, it's first thing in the morning, so it's a fasting doing it, so you're just throwing up just nothing. It's just, like, stomach acid. <laughs> and then people <laughs> so, get to, I think if people so, get to watch you go back into the gym and start touching things, and you're like, yes, oh, this is what disgusting. you want to see in a pandemic.
0: <laughs> so, the last, uh, yeah, we got to wrap the la- soon. Well, the last ten minutes kind of brings me up to. I kind of want to finish this on a little lighter note. Some of that stuff we got deep into. And okay, so fuck Mary, losing, kill. <laughs> losing purpose or not having purpose or refining the purpose. Um, let's get into. And everybody I've talked to, so, or everybody that I've had on the podcast that is going to go out to to the world, has all dealt with it differently. Um, you know going active going guard going whatever dealing with the dark humor of the military and first responder world and having to uh, I don't know either deal with it or hide it from regular civilians and you're probably the most comedic Like, if I had to put my money on, like, hey, who out of your group of friends and everybody you talk to on the reg is going to be, like, a stand-up comedian within the next five years, like, my money would be on you over everybody. Like, I would, I'd probably lose a lot of money betting on it, too. So, you being probably the biggest jokester out of everybody, how are you dealing with it in such a... We're in a fragile state in the United States right now. Like it is super fragile. I, I really don't know. There what you're is stuff about. that, like, <laughs> there is stuff I, that, like, we talk about on my shift. Stuff that I talk about with my Marines. that I'm just like, it happens all the time. I remember like, my intro to drop like,
1: weapons class. Yeah,
0: it's like, bro, we can't, we can't say this to anybody else. So how is it? dancing around it, or just, or you just say, fuck it, and you don't dance around it?
1: Man, like, when I'm in my classes, uh, I mean, like, I'm there for to do academic bullshit, and like, you know, I can get little jokes in here and there, but you can't make them dark. Because it's like, if you think about your classes the same way you think about a professional, an actual, not a military professional, but an actual professional fucking environment, like, okay, you just gotta treat it like that. In my personal life, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I just don't hold that I just don't hold that back because it's like you know, um, you, am I gonna pretend to be like some kind of like 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 PC like you know soy chugging? My girlfriend pegs me while I fucking, or <laughs> to, to, to my 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 girlfriend's boyfriend side chick pegs me while I watch my girlfriend get fucked kind of guy. Like, yeah, yeah no, like I'm not gonna. You, there's no fucking. There's no fucking point in being that person if you're not. I mean, if you are. A, you know, yeah. whatever. That's, like, that's just your life. But, like, fucking... But, but for I'm me, not, not going to
0: pretend to be that person. Yeah, I'm
1: not... Like, it, it's, you know, the, uh, there's... I, I've learned to not be as much of, like, a legitimate asshole. And there is, a, like, a lot of people think that they're being funny. And they're just being dicks to people. I've learned to not be a dick to somebody. Like, you know, and try and punch up when I'm going to make jokes. And just not be a piece of shit with it. But as far as, like, uh, just, like, like dark humor and saying funny shit. Like, no, man. Like, because it's, like, there's no point in keeping anybody like around because like uh, you know if, if they're assess- if, like around it's not going to appreciate that because if they don't appreciate it that will that's one of the fastest way to immediately alienate people um is to just have that kind of like like extremely off-putting humor which i know that i have and if i'm doing that it's actually just the most efficient way to whittle down a social group to people that i can tolerate because it's going to be first of all who can tolerate you and then who can you tolerate within that right so, no, I wouldn't like that would be my advice is like coming out. It's like if you've got dark military humor, I mean, the place for it, the place for it is not your class. You don't want to be like captain, like napalm sticks to kids when, in whatever yeah, class Because some in. people, because it's just fucking crazy, just like
0: wear it on their sleeve. And, and that kind of goes along with, um, oh, everyone I mean, in your ta- class. We hates talked you. about it. We talked about it at, at lunch today. And I think we talked about it with when I sat down with, uh, with John and Bobby. It's just one of those things where you don't have to wear it on your sleeve and it, it goes along with like kind of like the open carry. It's like they just wanna they want a gun hanging out so everybody fucking sees them with a gun on their hip. Yeah, and that's not people, for you, that's for
1: everybody else.
0: Yeah, and they just wanna put put their humor out there that yeah. just, it's
1: if you're listening to this at all and you're like that that kind of guy, like let me tell you, like if you're the one if you're the one like sitting in class or in the place where you know it's like, you know, like like just there's inappropriate in a social setting, and it's like it can be funny.
0: And, it's like time and place. It's yeah, time and place, just, man. Some but people even just like, want to pick that battle constantly,
1: dude. Yeah, and even as another vet, like watching people that I know are it's vets cringy. and they try and say shit like that, Ugh. I'm like, dude, I want to stuff you in a fucking locker it's and pull so and like cringy. you know give
0: you a fucking swirly. Like I mean, even when I was, you should at, be um, bullied. Like, yeah, there fuck was even you. times. There was even times at Carolina. So like, I wasn't in yet it was like uh i think i already like wasn't messing with rotc anymore but i still had plans of uh, getting a commission and stuff and it was like some of my classes because a lot of my classes revolved around like middle eastern policy and religion and stuff and and you would get like an iraq vet in the front row and you know how i knew was, oh, they'll let you know. Because he was twenty five years old with the Iraq vet like hat, like an old man. And he just it just spewed. It was just like diarrhea. It's like, hey man, like you're in an academic setting, take it for what it is, when the floor is open, you say, like, hey, like, from my experience there, this is what I saw. You know, I saw X, Y, and Z. You can interpret whatever you want to as you you know. If you're if you're Muslim, if you've only studied this in an academic setting, but as somebody that deployed there, as a as a service member, this is what I saw and this is what I thought about it.
1: I can tell you from experience that that is that is they don't take it that that won't go over well either.
0: I don't care if it goes over well with some people because nowadays people are going to get fucking butt hurt no matter what. But there's also an adult, um, you know, mature professional way to handle it too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, but like even being like, like mature and professional, I, I know, like I know a guy who like uh, goes to, or like uh, I think he's probably graduating now, like goes to CFC He's, like, an Air Force tactical Sergeant, like, uh, or was, like, an older dude, like, in his 30s, like, like you know, like, real nice guy, big black dude, went to fucking, uh, went to Korea, and he was in one of his classes, and we were talking about cultural stuff, and, like, uh, he had mentioned something, he's like, like just something, like, offhand, he's like, yeah, one of, like, the, the dishes they serve with dog in Korea, it's, like, it's it's actually, it's made with, like, the same kind of things, that, like, you might make, you know, just some, like, innocuous shit that just happens to be, like, factual, but, like, some, like, in, you know, and then some, like college, you know, like like liberal arts student white girl is Like it's actually really racist to say that they, like, like do that. And it, he's like, he's like, no, but like I was there, and it's a thing. And, and, they, it's do. A, yeah, and it, like they do, it, yeah, and they do. Well, it's, like it's fact. I was thing, there. Well, the thing is, is it's like it's like all, like all of these girls. It's like it's like you really like you realize that you're actually being it's the fact that you think that you have to like this is literally somebody else's culture. It doesn't like you know just because it's not the norm in ours doesn't make it you know. Better or worse, but by you trying to pretend like that doesn't happen, literally erasing somebody else's culture for your own idea of like what is appropriate, like this is what you're doing is more fucked up than stating that that's a thing that happened because that's not making stating that it happens isn't making a value judgment by trying to pretend that it's not. You've made a value judgment that it is worse and you're trying to pretend like it doesn't exist, which is a cultural erasure. And yeah. these people don't have this idea, because it's, like, it's about... It's almost
0: like cancel culture.
1: Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, but it's, like, it's, you're, d- like, trying to literally erase another person's, like, like like, like you know, culture and shit, because yeah. it doesn't fit your Western ethnocentric idea, of it, which right. is the same shit you're railing against, you fucking crazy person.
0: Yeah, no, that's a... And it's a lot of that. That's a... That can be a whole hour and a half all on its own, for sure. Yeah. Okay, well let's we'll so, just uh, we'll
1: just cap this one off and then we'll drink like, and then eight, we'll we'll drink like eight more beers and, and then we're gonna start have, another one. We're gonna have some incredible hot takes about la like, ethnocentrism <laughs> and cultural erasure. Here we are at the C T G podcast.
0: So is there anything else before we wrap this up, is there anything else you kinda wanna leave everybody with um, with kinda I I I don't like the word reintegration. Um, but just that transition from Your purpose was kinda forced in service, DOD, whatever, to more of a personalized purpose um, in college. Yeah. Anything you want to hit on, just kinda wrap it up, just like, hey, push through this, you got any advice?
1: Don't hang out at your veteran's lounge. In college, just don't do it.
0: Yeah, cause that'll that'll just end up, that'll just end up is just groupthink, and it's just you're just in a bubble, you're in an echo chamber.
1: Now you'll figure out wait you'll figure out ways to make like veteran friends that have like the same mindset as you like in college, uh, but it's just, like it's a, okay like in a way, but no, nah, the guys who hang out at the vets lounge are the ones who just it's like a, it becomes like a weird place where D and D happens and things like that. You just <laughs> it, it's Dungeons it, it, and Dragons. It's like, it's like I was an Air Force, like, uh, like a IT guy, and I, you know, what were you, were you in the Marines? So I actually, you know, I, I worked with, I, was, I wasn't I was in Special Forces, but I, I worked with the Special yeah, Forces, yeah. I fixed a guy's laptop. If I would
0: have joined, I would have joined the Marines. Yeah. It's like, all right, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, like, whatever, man. But it's like, it's dudes who actually did join, but then did So or dudes much? will be like, it's like, yeah, like, yeah, I was an admin clerk, but I was with MARSOC. It's like, <sighs> it's like, yeah, I think that what you mean to say is, I was an admin clerk. You do everyone's paperwork. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, but, like, uh, yeah, like, don't go to the veteran's lounge, and, like, you don't have to, like, once we get out, you have nothing to prove to anybody. It's, like, if we're vets, we got a nice little common experience. It doesn't matter if you were a grunt or if you were a pogue or whatever. Like, obviously, if you were a grunt, you're going to get along better with other grunts. But, like, don't shit on anybody for not being, like, like, the same kind of hardo you were if you were in any of those combat arms fields. And if you're not in one of those combat arms fields, don't fucking worry about... uh other people who were. You don't have to prove yourself to us, man. Like, the fact that we're in the same boat and you served means a lot more than, like, than whatever... a
0: lot of the people out here.
1: We got pl- uh, more in common with, than these fucking people. At least we did, like, you know, did something for the community and shit. Like, like for, like, our, our our country. Like, it's, like, and, like, just any time like, that you're trying to, like, just shit on people for not being in, like, that hard combat arms, like, like, fucking bullshit. Or if you're trying to prove that you were harder than you were it always comes through and it's so fucking cringe so just just try not to be that fucking guy like if you're just if you're just like a normal dude and you just try and just be like a normal good dude to people like that comes through as such a, a just a better way to be yeah and that's what I'd recommend I mean like I'm still I still do weird shit I pull yeah. out my knife at parties sometimes like <laughs> to get a little drunk make some <laughs> make some bad decisions but uh you know or at least I you know have before I try not to do that shit now
0: Right. I wasn't there for any of that but alright dude anyway I like it um, I hope that kind of took us down a, a kind of different path because I don't want I don't want this to fall into just us interviewing vets and it's like kind of the same fucking story every time um, that's that's not that's not what I want so hopefully y'all like the, uh, the change in pace make sure to uh, like, share, review and subscribe all our material wherever you consume it um, if you liked this podcast, tell me. If you if you didn't like it, if you want us to do something different, uh, keep um, it to yourself.
1: And uh, uh, if you've got I, a real
0: problem, show up. We'll throw hands. You can you can send it to me on IG. Just don't send it to Hammond. Thanks, guys.